Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, the topic will be God's faithfulness, and we're going to be starting um, in Romans chapter 3. And then after that, we will be going to 1 John chapter 5, and this will be in the New International Version. Before I start, sometimes I like to use uh, this particular statement about the Bible, uh, why the Bible is true. And every now and again, I like to just fit it in. So we'll start with that, the Bible. A reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little and Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. So you can just... Um, like rewind it and just kind of write it down and that way uh, um, when somebody asks you or just for yourself just to know at least you know the facts of the Bible okay starting in Romans chapter 3 the New International Version starting at verse 1 God's faithfulness what advantage then is there in being a Jew or what value is there in circumcision much in the way First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with every, with the very words of God. Verse 3. What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Verse 5. But if our righteousness brings out God's righteousness, more clearly... What shall we say? That, that God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Verse 6, certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Verse 7, someone might, might argue if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Verse 8, why not say, as some slanderously claim, that we say, let us do evil that good may result, their condemnation is just. So let me back up a little bit where it talks about circumcision. Uh, it says, verse 3, chapter 1, where it says, what advantage then is there in being a Jew, or what value is there in being circumcision? The reason why they, um, oh, well, the reason is because more of the Jews, um, had got the circumcision, you know, all that uh, medical practice they do on babies and stuff. And uh, that was all carried through the United States also, pretty much because we, uh, we were considered a, a Christian nation. And our founding fathers and stuff, they, they also uh, took a lot of stuff from the Old Testament and New Testament. And, but, um, so normally they would, the Jews would kind of call someone that was not a Jew uncircumcised, you know, which means a non-Jew. And, and uh, so that's just something I just wanted to cover real quick. Like, okay, getting back 
Um, let us con- let's go back to verse eight. Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result? Their condemnation is just. Okay. The next, the next section is no one is righteous. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is no one who understands, there is no one who seeks God. Verse 12, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Verse 13, their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Verse 14, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. 16, ruin and misery mark their way. 17, and the way of peace they do not know. 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of sin. The next section is righteousness through faith. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Verse 22, the righteous... Uh, is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentiles. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God. Verse 24, and all are justified freely by grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because... In his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Verse 26, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Verse 27, where then is boasting? Where is ex- where it is excluded because of what law, the law that requires works. No, because of the law that requires faith, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Verse 29, or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yeah, that's what they call those that who are uncircumcised or not Jews. That's the other name too, is Gentiles. Most of the time they call them Gentiles. So... So if, if, if you're not a Jew, then you're a Gentile. Yes, of Gentiles too. Verse 30, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Wow, that's pretty good stuff right there. Now, let's go to the next section. And that's 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're beginning at verse 1. And the, the sta- um, this section is called Faith 
in the incarnate Son of God, starting at verse 1 of First John chapter 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Verse 3, in fact, this is love for God to keep his command, commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Verse 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 6, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. Verse 7, for there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We, verse 9, we, we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his son verse 10 whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son verse 11 and this is the testimony God has given us eternal life and this is in his son verse 12 whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Next section, concluding affirmations. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now let's stop there. Now, it's according to his will, right? And in the King James, it says, uh, "Don't pray amiss," which means you have to you have to know how um, what to pray for. Not just I want a big car, a lot of money, and all this stuff. No, no, that's not how it works. God is holy. He's not a sugar daddy or anything. He's he's holy. He's God, you know. And and we need to fear, be fearful, have a reverence, fear for God. Yes, he. He loves us, but we have to show the utmost respect because, because he's God. He's God of everything and holy. He's not like us. See, we're fallen, be fallen beings. He's not. Okay, let's continue. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Verse 16, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and, and God will give them life i refer to those whose sin does not lead to death there is a sin that leads to death i am not saying that you should pray about that verse 17 all wrongdoing is sin and there is sin that does not lead to death verse 18 we know that anyone born of god does not continue to sin the one who was born of god keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them verse 19 we know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true by being his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Verse 21, do children keep yourselves from idols.
Okay, let me read some scripture. First John chapter 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. First John chapter 2, verse 4, and this is all King James. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. First John chapter 2, verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. First Peter chapter 3 and 15. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so those who are, who are born-again believers, that means who, who are living the life every day and reading his word every day, you know, and, and striving to do to be more knowledgeable in His Word and, and to to uh, live out uh, the life He wants us to live, which is found in the Word of God. Then we should be ready, be studied and ready to be able to to tell those why we're why we believe in what we believe. You know, or what we believe and why we believe it. So, so if you've heard this today, I just want you, you know, just to just think about it, and also to think about uh, where you're at. Look at the good person test. Are you a good person? Have you ever lied? Those that lie, small lies or whatever, they're called liars. Have you ever took anything, borrowed it, and never run it back or whatever? Don't matter how much it's worth or anything. If if, if you took something that didn't belong to you, even if it was a pen or a paperclip, then you stole it. And so what do, you, what do we call people that steals? A thief. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's already three of the Ten Commandments. See, that's why we're guilty. We're all guilty. There's, You know, we can't keep it. But through Christ, he covers us with his blood, you know, supernatural blood. And um, uh, he literally did die and shed his blood for us. But it, it's a supernatural thing. But you see, when you reject God and you go to the world, if you notice no matter how much stuff you may have or how great everything is, you're, you're just not, it's like, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, you're happy and all this kind of stuff. But there comes a time when you just think, is this, you know, is this it? Is this what life's all about or whatever? You know, or some people, they never never think about it. But the problem is real guilty. So if, if God was to judge us by the Ten Commandments, would we be, would we be innocent or guilty? We'd be guilty because we already broke, what, three right there? And you only have to break one to be guilty of the whole thing. If you go before a court of law and you're there for, um, um, and say you're there and, and you've killed somebody or whatever, or there's somebody there who's killed like three little girls and raped them and everything, and they stand before the judge and he says, oh, I have a change of heart and stuff. And he's going to say, well, that's great, but you're going to be, uh, you're going to be tried on for what, for what you've done here, you know. So it's like you can't wait till you die to think it's going to, you know, to think it's going to be better. No, you have to do it prior to that, you know. It's like if you're in a court of law 
and you're there for speeding tickets and someone you don't know came and paid the fine, the judge can legally let you go. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He, he took our punishment that we're supposed to take, and he took it. And at the end, before he, he, he died, he says, it is finished, the price has been paid. But we have to come realizing, first we have to realize why we need Jesus Christ, because we've broken his moral law, the Ten Commandments. And therefore we're guilty. So when we stand before God, if we haven't repented of our sins, ask God for forgiveness, and then put our trust in Jesus Christ alone like you would in a parachute. If you're on a plane that was about to crash and you had a parachute, you're going to hang on to the parachute because it's going to save you for the jump to come. Jesus saves you for the judgment to come. You know, and we could die at any time. So we need to be ready. And you think about that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just ask you, Lord, that all those who's, who's hearing this, these podcasts, Father God, and who's hearing it right now, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to, to convict their heart, Lord, that they will understand that they're guilty and that they're on the way to hell if they haven't repented and have turned from their wicked ways and put their trust in you alone, Father God. Lord, convict their hearts where they will repent of their sins and put their trust in you alone to start living for you each and every day, Lord Father God. And when they mess up, they ask for forgiveness and they keep in your word and, and doing your will. In Jesus' name we pray. And my Heavenly Father, and um, and uh, for those who are, who are out here, um, I ask you to really think about it because um, there, if I'm not mistaken, like 100,000 people die every 24 hours in the world. You know, that's a lot. And, you know, we could be one of them. And, and we're all going to die one day. We just don't know when. So we need to be prepared. And that's why Jesus went on the cross. That we, that through him, through faith believing, repenting of our sins and putting our trust in him and living it every day. It's not just saying some prayer. Like I know people have like sinner's prayer, but that's not biblical. That's not in there. Because it's a daily walk. You don't say one prayer and just keep doing what you want to do. It doesn't work that way. No, it's a daily walk. You know. Okay, let me give you some. Let me give you some resources. That will help you. All this is on YouTube. Living Waters with Ray Comfort. Livingwaters.com And you, also, you have Dr. R.C. Sproul on YouTube. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham. Answersinggenesis.org Wall Builders with David Barton, wallbuilders.com. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. Um, and you watch on YouTube, 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise. Fantastic. It's a, it's a short video, but very powerful, very good. And also uh, Dr. Vody Bakum. And um, if you would like to, oh, and you can go to our website, which is all our case. It's bible education institute institute.webnode.com and we and if you would like to take our training course you could do that too you can just email me and the email is bible education institute all lowercase at gmail.com so bible bible education institute at gmail.com and we you can uh watch all our stuff on um youtube and rumble and then we're on podcast platforms such as stitcher spotify audible and 
Amazon. And you can go to, if you need book, Bibles and stuff, you can, you can buy used Bibles at uh, ABE Books. That's ABE Books. It's online with Thrift Books. Or if you want to just buy new ones, you can go to Amazon, whatever. And there's a lot of other bookstores. And if you just want a Bible, just, just, just write me an email and I'll send you one. Also, you can go online to TCT Network, and there's two good programs there. You can watch the on-demand videos, and the first one is Faith and History with William Federer, and that's, you know, Christian history throughout the world. And if you want to know about the Old, uh, the Old Testament study, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Really good stuff. It'll really help you. So, till the next time, remember, read... Read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.